Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the show. We're getting naughty today. Oh my God, Maybe. I love getting well, naughty. It's Thursday, so. Eh. Wait, is uh, it Thursday? It is. It sure is. Uh, we call it Thirsty Thursdays. Um, mm. when we're not quite as thirsty as one couple who decided to get it on on an amusement park ride. It was one time, and Lisa and I just listen, wanted to experience listen. something fun. This one took place in my home state of Ohio, because God. why not? Everything takes place in Ohio. How did they have sex? They had sex on a roller coaster? Or they had somewhere. It's beautiful. Somewhere. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but you know, we were just at Six Flags. Ain't no... Uh, what? I could not have gotten lucky anywhere on any of those rides. Uh, but that's why I'm impressed by this story. Like, I yeah. was screaming for my life. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine putting my hands on... Le- I would love to, but I couldn't even get the the fighting power. The wind was taking me out. Like, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't imagine having sex. I'm just trying to live. So, kudos to this couple, really. Also, learn something. <laughs> a nice little pivot here. Are you dealing with anxiety over natural disasters in the world being on fire? Everyone's in a drought. All the rivers in Europe are drying up. Lake Mead is drying up. It's a lot. I was thinking about this yesterday because our entire yard is all just brown and dead. Yeah. And I was thinking, my sister and, and her husband, uh, Jerry, one of our biggest listeners. Love you, um, Jerry. Biggest in heart, not in size, Jerry. Uh, they're coming out Lisa here. Lisa says, hi, Jerry. Mm-hmm. We've, we, we're getting the tickets, Jerry. Yeah, we're, we're going to go see uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones at the Hollywood Cemetery next I weekend. said to Lisa, you got to respond to AJ because in the most kind, loving, respectful way, he is letting me know that I am trash and you need to book these tickets, Lisa. <laughs> well, and we got to do it for Jerry. <laughs> and Lisa was like, oh, okay, yeah, I well, got they, it. Don't they worry. really want to see Michaela and Lisa because they just adored them at the we wedding. Love, we love Chris and Jerry. And and also, I know Michaela. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll get on that. And it's been a month of me saying, hey, you want to go, right? Cool. It's going to sell out. So get the tickets. They're only $22. It's We're getting just, the you tickets. Have to click the link. We're getting so the I, tickets. I messaged Lisa. It's a way um, to do it. But uh, natural disasters everywhere, right? The world's falling apart. Everything's on fire. The, the, the rivers are drying up. How do you deal with the anxiety? We're, that's our topic today for Therapy Thursdays. Mm-hmm. We're going to be joined by an expert to talk about just that. So if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed by the world, you're not alone. We get it. Uh, we're going to try to do something about it today on the show. Right now, though, it's time for Michaela to do what she does. It's time for news on the beat. 
All right, babe, well, the Sarasota County School District adopted a new policy in the wake of the Don't Say Gay law that requires teachers to out students to their parents if they identify as LGBTQ and to seek parental permission to refer to transgender students with the correct name or pronouns. The new policy says if a student tells us that they are gay, gender questioning, trans, etc., parents must be notified. A screenshot of a flow chart that illustrates the process a student must follow to be referred to with the correct name and pronouns was leaked. It shows that a teacher must contact administration if a student asks the teacher to refer to them with a certain name or pronouns. The administration with the contact uh, then can contact the student's parents to get consent for referring to the student correctly. If the parents don't give consent, staff must dead name and misgender the student. If they do not consent, they have to meet with school administration to develop and sign a gender support plan. Okay, one Gender cannot be um, dictated by a flow chart, so that's that's frustrating. And also, it, it's 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 not up to the parent or the teacher to decide. Like there are a lot of a hole parents out there. If I said if I came out as gay when I was in school and tried to find a safe space, my mom would not have been supportive. She would not have said to allow me to be gay. Like she back then was super homophobic before I came out. Yeah. Both my parents were. My yeah. dad was terrible. Yeah. You know, finally, after all these years, he's better. But you can't you can't dictate these things with a flow chart. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember actually, and I don't know how I forgot this story, but when my brother was like six years old, my mom's last name is Cavarici. And my brother's name is Samuel Gordon. And he was, uh, he just decided one day he would only go by Tony Cavarici. Tony was my cousin's name. Cavarici was our last name. Sam went if by. That's not the most Italian name I've ever heard in my life. I know, I know, and it was my cousin's actual name. And my cousin was like, "That's my actual name, Sam. What are you doing?" <laughs> he went by Tony Cavaricci in school from six years old to like twelve years old, and he would not answer you if you called him Sam. He, you just simply were not there. And my mom had to go to his teachers and say. <laughs> I know his name is Sam Gordon, but you have to call him Tony Cavaricci. <laughs> and people to this day still go, oh, how's your brother Tony? And I'm like, who? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Sam. But he was adamant about that. He would not talk to you. And my mom had to go to the school and say, this is his name and this is what he wants. Is it different maybe than what these kids are asking because it's their gender? Yes, but did it harm anybody for Sam to go by Tony Cavaricci to put anybody in harm's way? Did it offend or affect anybody? No. And was my brother happy? Yes. That part. Happy. Happy. That's what he wanted. Is this also the same era? Is this around the same time your mom was sending you to autism camp to save money? This was this was in the same five year time frame. So your mom was really killing it during that half decade. That she was (laughs) parent of the year. But she I, was, I will give your mom credit though for supporting your son and saying, yeah. "Hey, listen, this is this is how he listen, wants to I be talk a lot. referred to right now." Mm-hmm. And she did. She definitely was like, "His name's Tony Cavaricci." So. She's like, "Well, I'm being a good parent to one of these kids. I got to ru- <laughs> mess it up for the other one." <laughs> All right, let's get into weather. Uh, it's gonna be 110 in Cathedral City, 79 in Cleveland, 78 in Buffalo, a high of 66 in San Francisco, 91 in Miami, 96 in Houston, and 110 in Palm Springs. Now, give us a vibe of the day. Freedom is not worth having it if it does not include the freedom to make mistakes. Mm, that part. God, I found that the older I get, the harder it is to let, let go of mistakes and to let myself make mistakes and to challenge myself to try new things because I'm going to fail. Yeah. It gets scarier the older you it's get. It's scarier, mm. but you got to do it. You have to do it. I'm saying that to myself right now as well. 
The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. You know they call my home state of Ohio the heartland of America. Because, Love that. Uh, not just because of the shape. It's actually shaped kind of like a heart. Uh, but also because of its location. It's situated uh, in the part of the United States that if you were a human being, it would be the top left part of your chest. The heartland of America. Right. Well, one just gave one, myself a heart attack with when my well, computer just went just off. Just went off. I heard Sorry it. I was trying that. to not acknowledge it. God terrified um, me. But one couple recently got a heart on uh, on an amusement park ride. Beautiful in Cedar Point, Ohio, which is the roller coaster capital of the world. We just went to Six Flags, and they compete with one theme park in the world year after year for the title of roller coaster capital of the world, and it happens to be Six Flags in Sandusky, Ohio where I had my first hookup with a guy many, many, many years ago. Okay. Just to set the stage. Well, this 32-year-old couple apparently was riding a Ferris wheel and having sex while doing it in public. Other people saw them, including a couple of minors, and they said, yeah, they were naked, totally having (gasps) sex, and then they saw us, and they started laughing and kept going, knowing that we were watching them. On a Ferris wheel that goes in slow, slow circles. What? Um, This is wild. Like, kudos Uh, to them for like trying to keep it spicy, but like, I mean, also, what a way to get arrested, though. You're like, I was getting it on with my partner. Well, they denied it at first. Rebels. They act like they're like, no, 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 no. The woman said, oh, I had, this is very Ohio, by the way, this excuse. She goes, well, I had a pack of cigarettes that fell out of my uh, biker shorts that were underneath my dress. <laughs> and I bent over to get them. And then he bent over to help me pick them up. Yeah, naturally. And all of our clothes fell off and he entered me, apparently. I like, would have believed what? it. <laughs> Listen, I think these kind of stories are amazing. I love them. The only thing I think they did wrong was they got completely naked. Just, just scoot the shorts over yeah. and make and be a little bit more. You're wearing a dress. Yeah, you got babe. Something to work with. Yeah. It's, it's why it's why straight men love like spring and summer dress season. Yeah, that's why literally mm-hmm. summer dresses are like a whole thing. Um, yeah, they just they took it too far, honey. It feels like when. I feel like the equivalent would be when you wear a jumper and then you go to a public restroom and you have to take the jumper off and you're just sitting there naked. Completely naked. <laughs> and you have to like question your whole life. Mm-hmm. It's very quiet. You're not really even on your phone. You're just sitting you know, there I, naked. I, I have these overalls that I used to wear that were really cute. They're like black and whatever. And I stopped wearing them because it was such a pain. And I couldn't. I was like, "This is too much work." Right. I I go to the restroom pretty frequently. I drink right. a lot of water. I uh, I can't do it. Yeah. But this couple, uh, they've been arrested, booked well, and charged. What would you do if you saw somebody having sex below you? Would you say anything? No. I wouldn't unless, either. Unless I saw, other, I, if I saw other kids seeing it, then I might. Do you know uh, what I mean? Okay, that's fair. If yeah, I had my niece in with me and she could see it as yeah. well, I would be upset. If I saw it, I'd be like, listen, relax. It is what it is. Have fun, you guys. You're in love. Obviously, there are worse things in the world. But if kids are involved, that gets different. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what did we learn here? I'm not having sex with you. We're not going to Ohio. We're not riding the Ferris wheel. Stop asking. You take all the fun out of everything, AJ. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's time for our first round of What's Poppin' for the Day. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right, well, this story is very interesting. Now, I always, for the most part, stand with women. I have a whole single called Hands Off where I talk about the inappropriateness of sexual, physical abuse like I'm for women. But... 
Demi Lovato has a new song out called 17 to 29, where she's dropping her truth. Now, many are speculating that it has to do with her relationship with Wilder, Wilmer Valderrama, um, <clears throat> where she talks about she was 17 when they met and he was 29. Uh, the lyrics include such things like, um, finally 29, funny just like you were at the time. Thought it was a teenage dream, just a fantasy, but was it yours or was it mine? Too young to drink wine, just five years of bleeders, student and a teacher, far from innocent, what the F's consent. Numbers told you not to, but that didn't stop you. So it sounds like she's calling him out for dating an underage girl because 17 is not legal. However, she also goes on to say that they started dating when she was 18. So 18 and 29, there is a larger age gap. But if they didn't start dating till 18, that uh, that is legal. Okay. And now it feels like it's another thing that Demi is just hopping on to be relevant. I feel like she's always trying to grab the latest headline by claiming to be non-binary for a while. I'm not saying she's not, but like non-binary for a while, but now she's not non-binary anymore. She uses she, her pronouns, but she might still be a little bit non-binary. And now she's doing this. And I think this is really dangerous because yeah, you might, you might make some girls feel empowered and you might sell some albums or sell some singles. That's good for you. But she was 18 when she started dating him, and they were together for six years. And she goes on to it's say... It's not like it was like... if, if I, I'm sorry. Her at 18 also is very different than your average 18-year-old. She was a superstar by then. Well, She'd she, been through it. She had experiences, and, and she was legal. Well, she also I mean? says that... Um, she wished him nothing but the best when he got engaged. And she also said, you don't share six years with somebody and not give them a piece of your heart and vice versa. I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to meet anybody that compares to him. So it's very difficult to use that type of verbiage while message. also saying yeah. what's consent and sort of dragging him. Not sort of. I, she's dragging him. And it definitely is about Wilmer Valderrama. And so I just find it hard to get behind her. And what's so unfortunate is the song's actually good. Her voice is incredible. She has a great voice. Um, and I'm a big, I was a big fan of hers. But the drama that just surrounds her, uh, I, I can't get into it. It, it feels a little bit different. Taylor Swift does this and she always writes about exes and that's it's, it is what it is. This feels a little different. But all songwriters do. My entire album is dragging somebody, if not myself. Like, this isn't news. That's what songwriting is. Like, yeah. it's like therapy and you put it all out there. Look at Adele. Be careful not to cross ways with the songwriter. But make it make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't. And so. also don't, like... <sighs> You're putting the idea out there that he was some sort of like predator, rapist. rapist. Like that, that's that's problematic because 18 to 29 is 11 years. My husband is 10 years younger than me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I have, we also have a large age gap. Yes. And I. So, so the, I, what? No, 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 no. Granted, we started dating way later, but still like he was 21 or something when we started dating. I mean, that's, I, I have a problem with this. Yeah, I do too. I hear it. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursday. How to deal with anxiety about natural disasters. We have a clinical psychologist joining us to work with our PTSD. Coming up. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
Droughts, heat waves, and forest fires fill the news cycle, but how are we supposed to deal with the anxiety of a world in turmoil? Mm -hmm. An expert shares their advice in Therapy Thursdays coming up in about 15 minutes. So if you're feeling anything like us and you feel like every day you wake up and it's just scary news, literally the the rivers of Europe are, are disappearing right now. Right, Lake Mead is almost non-existent. Um, how do you deal with all that? And does it actually have to impact our daily lives? We're going to yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Because I, I, feel I, think like it a, does. I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a different time. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, even if you don't want to pay attention to it, a day at the beach is not like it used to be. Mm-mm. Really anywhere. A hike it's not a regular hike. I mean, so many things have been... We went to see our friend the other day in Malibu, and she said because of the drought, she can only water her grass in Malibu once a week, and it's all dead. Like, there's just no... All of our grass is dead, too. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. Do we get to at some point, you know, or do we just stop altogether? It's wild. It is a really interesting time to be alive. I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday as I looked at our dead grass. And I was thinking, when was the last time it rained here in Southern California? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I think December, because I was sick all December, and it was pouring rain, and I was happy about it. Because if I had to be stuck inside, so did everybody else. So December. (laughs) How long ago No, seriously, December, I think. Um, Eight months? Eight months ago. We haven't had, like, rain at all. Yeah. At all. Meanwhile, Vegas has been like monsoon weather. And that's and the, I thought it would come over here. It usually does. If Vegas gets weather, so do we. That's the thing about climate change. It's all shifting. That's why that report that came out the other day saying that we could have the biggest catastrophe in the history of California within the next few years. And, and it won't be an earthquake and it won't be a drought. It'll actually be a flood. Unlike anything that the world has ever seen. that That's the report that came out recently. Yeah. So how do you wrap your brain around all of that? Well, you go to therapy. Yeah. We're bringing a therapist to Love you therapy. coming up this hour. So make sure you stick around for that. You ready for some news on the beat? You got it, babe. All right. The Bible and a graphic novel adaptation of Anne Frank's diary are among the books that have been removed from library shelves in a Texas school district days before students return to class. Many of the 41 banned books focus on LGBTQ and black characters, according to the Dallas Morning News. All the books had previously been challenged and later approved to remain on library and classroom shelves by the district's book challenge committee. But according to a spokesperson, Keller Independent School District trustees subsequently approved a new policy requiring all challenged books to be reconsidered. On Tuesday, the day before classes started, Keller School's curriculum director, Jennifer Price, instructed principals to remove the challenged books. Hmm. Can't learn about Anne Frank anymore. Yeah, apparently that's illegal. I read her diary as a kid, and I I remember, I remember feeling more compassionate and empathetic because of it. I remember feeling as a woman and a woman whose father's Jewish, like unstoppable. I I think every little girl like went home and, and little boy got a diary, kept a diary, made me write more. I mean, it was did nothing but be completely influ- influential in the best way. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's interesting because we're often called snowflakes by conservatives because we just can't handle anything. We're delicate. But it's not. It's never been us, actually. We're open to everyone. We try to be. At at our best, we are as, as progressives. And... The Republican Party is just afraid of everything that doesn't look like them. Yeah. If it doesn't look like what they see in a mirror, they're terrified of it. Yeah. And they try to erase it. Yeah. 
Mm-mm. Totally agree. All right, another news the White House will announce today it is zeroing in on the population most at risk currently of contracting and spreading the monkeypox virus, men who have sex with men. A pilot program rolls out this weekend at Charlotte Pride. The Biden administration's deputy director for monkeypox response, Dr. Dimitri Daskalakis, described the new effort to LGBTQ nation ahead of the White House announcement. That starts with bumping up the supply of the vaccine for local health jurisdictions where large LGBTQ events are happening. The program sets aside 50,000 doses of vaccine from the strategic national stockpile that jurisdictions can request on top of their existing vaccine allocations and supply. The administration is working with North Carolina, Georgia and Louisiana health departments to determine dose numbers in preparation for upcoming events, including Charlotte Pride this weekend and Atlanta Black Pride and Southern Decadence in New Orleans over Labor Day weekend. It's huge. It's interesting because I feel like the Biden administration is kind of uh, sort of like damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? If if they don't continue to do anything, then everybody's upset with them because they're not doing enough. They're not getting ahead of it, which is very valid, right? But then if you just start targeting gay male events, then it looks like, oh, you're putting a stigma on us. And it's not an STI. It's not an STD that you can't you can't pinpoint just our community, but the fact remains, our community is the one being impacted more than anyone. Completely. So, there, so I feel like this is a good idea. And Southern Decadence and, and Atlanta Black Pride, like these are huge events. Charlotte Pride, I mean, these are big, big events. And if they can get fifty thousand doses to each of these events, and, and hopefully use as many as possible, it's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let's get into a little bit of weather. A high of 110 in Palm Springs, 98 in Vegas, 85 in LA, 86 in New York. A high of 91 in Miami, 67 in San Francisco, 81 in Atlanta, 79 in Cleveland, 110 in Cathedral City, and 89 in Dallas. Now give us a vibe of the day. Freedom is not worth having if it does not include the freedom to make mistakes. Mistakes are good. It's how you learn. Absolutely. All right. Coming up, it's Therapy Thursdays, and we're joined with a clinical psychologist on how to deal with anxiety about natural disasters. We'll have that conversation. In- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
7 minutes. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. The rivers of the world are drying up. Uh, it feels like the entire world is in a heat wave right now. Unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And here in Southern California, a report just came out that we could be uh, facing a flood of biblical, uh, like uh, biblical style flood here in, in any year now, right? We're supposed to have them every 100, 200 years, and it could actually cost a trillion dollars and displace 10 million people. When you hear this sort of news on top of what's going on with Ukraine, on top of the Donald Trump of it all, on top of like the chaos and the anxiety that you're all feeling, that we're feeling right along with you, we have to report on this every day. How do you cope with some of this and how do you find joy and happiness in your day-to-day life? That is the focus of our Therapy Thursdays today. And we're joined by uh, Stephanie Freitag, who is a clinical psychologist licensed in Florida, Georgia, New York, and Connecticut to treat PTSD. Uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. can you just start off by saying, like, what exactly is PTSD, and do you think that's what many of us are experiencing right now? Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. Really happy to be here. Um, so PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, and basically it is a response to traumatic events. Um, usually, so there are specific types of trauma that PTSD develops in response to. Um, it could be Um, the threat of actual violence or experiencing actual violence in terms of physical violence, but also sexual violence, relational violence, things to that effect, Um, the sudden death of a loved one. But then the last part is a natural disaster. Mm. And so keep in mind, not everyone who experiences a traumatic event goes on to develop PTSD, but particularly people who have trauma histories like For example, if a person had experienced trauma in the past, say in the form of childhood domestic violence or maybe a car accident or anything to that effect, they would be more likely to develop a trauma response. And there are a lot of people who have histories of trauma, which put them at greater risk of developing PTSD. So let's say you have that trauma history, right? And then this natural disaster like a hurricane comes about because your body physiologically is more kind of attuned to a trauma response, you are more likely to develop PTSD. Mm. So yeah, there are plenty of people out there, especially people um, who have trauma histories already who are, you know, at risk for developing PTSD. Uh, Stephanie, I want to talk to you because I think where a lot of anxiety also comes from is the fear of the unknown, not having control of a situation. And when it comes to climate control, and these natural disasters, truly there's nothing we can do but just brace ourselves and hope for the best. So how do we navigate if this is going to happen in one, two decades? How do you keep control of yourself uh, and your loved ones without panicking about something that's completely out of our control? That's such a great question. And unfortunately, something that I too am constantly concerned about for myself beyond my professional role as a psychologist, because I take climate change quite seriously. And, you know, what I said in a recent article and what, you know, I would say to any patients or really anyone in my life is that, so, you know, a lot of life is uncertain and out of our control. And like you said, that's the biggest source of anxiety. So what I kind of recommend is having a plan for the things that you can control, right? Say, and being realistic about it. Um, having, for example, if you live in an area that has, that's more prone to natural disasters like Florida or something to that effect, um, having a safety plan for how you would get out and, 
you know, having the things that you would need that might help you if you're facing some sort of natural disaster, having a strong support system, um, friends and family you can rely on or community organizations that you're a part of. um, So you can kind of crowdsource things as needed if, you know, a certain event were to come about. But then the other piece is, and this is the hard part for me as well, you know, relinquishing the things that we can't control because, to be fair, there, there's a lot that we just can't control. And that's where, you know, with my patients, I always encourage mindfulness, just trying to the best of your ability to be present in the current moment and to show kind of gratitude for those little moments. Say you're, you know, walking on the beach and having a really nice day and just being present in that because a lot of life is scary and unpredictable. And unless we can enjoy the present, we're going to be so focused on worrying about the past or the future. The last piece that I would like to say, oh, sorry. No, no, share your last piece, of course. Yeah, the last piece that I would say that has personally helped me is activism. Um, I think just being more involved in different advocacy efforts, whether it's getting people to register to vote, to vote for candidates who are going to do more um, to help with things like climate change and providing resources to people say that natural disasters occur like activism is really what helps give me peace of mind because that gives me a semblance of control that maybe over time we're going to get more people um, in positions of power who are going to actually take this thing more seriously. Well, it's so interesting because it's the lack of control. I think that is so difficult for people. And once you let go of, listen, I think for a lot of people, it's like, we're afraid we're going to die. Right, we're gonna die. Yeah. If a flood, a hurricane, an earthquake is gonna kill us, right? And if you can come to peace with like living your life and not thinking that way, I think it's it's more helpful. Especially when, when you look at what's been going on, look at these fires that have been going around California for years yeah. now. When the Kardashians are getting evacuated because they can't even save their own homes, necess- like potentially, like anybody, anybody is at risk. Nobody is safe from natural disasters and climate change. Um, but thank you so much for stopping by and having this conversation because I think you gave us some really helpful tips uh, on staying present. I like the walk on the beach and the gratitude moment personally, uh, but we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Stephanie Freitag, clinical psychologist, licensed in Florida, Georgia, New York, and Connecticut. Now coming up, do you like being a hater? There's a lot of them, but do they enjoy it and why? We'll talk about it next. Channel Q. Is it fun to be a hater? What about hate watching? Do you ever hate watch a TV show? Like you're like, I don't know why on earth I'm still here, but you're, we're nine episodes in and I got to complete the season. A million percent. I just started watching Girls Next Door again. If you don't remember, it was the three women that lived with Hugh Hefner. Oh, yeah. It came out in 2005. Holly, Bridget, and Kendra. Exactly. Well, Holly and Bridget are coming out with a podcast called Girls Next Level or something. Yeah, where they rewatch. Yes. Yeah. So I started watching it because I got this new TV that <laughs> literally it's insane. It has channels for everything. And it's like nostalgia, simple life, uh, Girls Next Door, like all the shows so you that got, you'd watch. You got a smart TV. 
Yeah, but I had a smart TV in the living room and it doesn't do what this TV Different. does. It's incredible. It's the smartest thing I've ever met. <laughs> Welcome to 2022. I just say, I, would, I, I, I feel like I think about the show I want to watch and then it just comes up. It's like psychic. So, long story, it's had me watching some of the shows that we watched in 2005, 2006. But this show particularly, I was totally being a hater while I was watching it. And I don't love that energy, but I was like, wow, is this what like women just like, they wanted to be in 2005 like it was all white all bleach blonde hair all big fake boobs and everyone thought Hugh Hefner was an icon and I was like ladies what have we become right I thought I wanted to I wanted to go to the Playboy Mansion and I'm not even into women yeah I was like I want to be there yeah I want to go do that it was thing. the vibe well, hate watching is actually a thing according to Oxford languages uh, it's officially defined as the activity of watching for the sake of the enjoyment derived from mocking or criticizing. Now, the first show that comes to mind is actually the show they used uh, as the photo for this article that talks about this. It's Emily in Paris. It's the worst show ever created. Like, it's so, so, so bad. And I watched all 10 episodes of the first season. You hate her. It hated it. It was so cheesy and so corny. And just like that, the Sex and the City reboot cringeworthy horrendous it was very cringe and i watched every single episode and complained about it. it here's another one this might get me in trouble a lot of, a lot of gay men out there listening right now uncoupled with neil patrick harris it is so bad it's so so bad but i watched every single episode okay and in a way it almost makes me it, it does two things i think i think it makes us feel nostalgic for the late 90s, when rom-coms ruled the world and everything had a happy little right. ending tied up in a bow. Right. And you knew exactly where it was going to go. Because you knew from, from the first episode in Uncoupled, I knew exactly what was going to happen in the pilot episode. I knew how the, the 10th episode was going to be, the finale. I knew. I, and and I, I don't write TV shows, but I, I watch them. And the arc was exactly what I expected, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in this era where... Every day of our lives, we're inundated by the unexpected. We have no control. That's why people believe in conspiracy theories. That's why they try to come up with answers for like questions they don't have answers for. The world is on fire. Literally. Scary. I think these types of shows are doing well again right now because they're mindless. 100%. Dating shows, all of it. I had a mental breakdown this month in between trying to put out this album dealing with the context of the album which is a lot of PTSD really needing therapy really wanting everything to do well still coming to this job still being in a relationship just day-to-day things I literally was like I'm completely overwhelmed financially all of the ways and so I think that's why I reverted back to these shows that I used to watch in 2005-2006 because I don't know what it brought me honey but it brought me to a time where I was 16 and not 34 yeah. and I needed to be there and, you didn't have, and it uh, might have been trashy but I needed all the stress and the worries uh, and the bills and and the just the, the stuff that life weighs you down and it's interesting because Emily in Paris is a really fascinating example it is one of the most sort of like critiqued tv shows i've seen in years people hate it they love to hate it over 58 million households have tuned into the show it's one of the most successful shows in the history of netflix so people hate it and they're simultaneously watching it because this is interesting because when you do even when you hate something and you complain about it and it makes you feel a little bit better about yourself because you're saying well this is i could do better this is terrible right neurotransmitters in your brain 
like serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, uh, the happy hormones, right? They start to pop up. More really? More. When you, you say you could do something better yes, than someone? and it actually promotes <laughs> feeling feeling better. When you when you think, I could do better than that, it's fa- that's terrible. I could do a great job. It actually it increases your happy hormones. Well, I'm going to give you some uh, <laughs> something that I read that I thought was really important also. When you get the feelings of jealousy or envy, you're actually not jealous or envious of the person that's at hand. You are mad at yourself because you know you have the potential that you're just not living up to. Yes. And so I think that that is really helpful. So when you find yourself starting to like hate on somebody, it's really just you not living out your potential and you know how special you are, so just do it already. It's real. How many times have you seen somebody who's like unafraid to just be wild, right? They're having the time of their lives, they're out dancing, they're on TV, they're being silly, whatever it is they're doing, and you're like, grow up. Grow up. You're being mm-hmm. so stupid. Yeah. But really, I'm like, I wish I wish I had the courage to be like that. Yeah. And, and, and as you get older, it gets harder, but it's still possible. Absolutely. All right. Coming up in What's Poppin', 13 Reasons Why alum announces their engagement. Find out to who coming up in What's Poppin'. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. It's time for another round of What's Poppin' from our girl, Michaela. What do you have for us? All right, honey. Well, there's a lot going on. Did you watch 13 Reasons Why? Were you a fan? Nope. Okay, I know. Me neither. But uh, the alum Tommy Dorfman announces his engagement to a gay girl. Uh, Dorfman, 30 years old. Gosh, that the romance has been very affirming. And uh, that she wants to spend the rest of her life with her love. The actress... uh, I'm sorry. I said he... Tommy Dorfman is a woman, so sorry, uh, engaged to another woman, and uh, they're coming out, and they're very happy. Uh, the actress went on to describe her decision to date women after splitting from her ex-husband. Uh, she said, I knew I was interested in women in a way that I hadn't really been aware of since high school. I had this unresolved, unexplored thing. I was like, this is the year I'm going to go on some dates with girls and feel that out again and not feel ashamed about it. And I will be honest, I feel like this has happened, at least in my experience with women that I know, uh, in their early 30s, if they have the opportunity, they're not only exploring, but spending their life with women. And I think it's because we're living in a society where we've normalized a lot same-sex relationships and whereas it wasn't comfortable necessarily or a lot of women were sexualized it's a much more open place to be and so i love it i think it's great congratulations on their engagement um well she shares that she would have transitioned much much sooner had it not been for this series um because she played a a very masculine man on the series yeah and, and it kept her from sort of like really diving into her true self uh, and she sat down with Rachel Bilson, who is, you know, the star uh, on the OC, uh, from the OC, and, and talked about this on the, their podcast. I think it's really fascinating stuff. Yeah, I think it's great. And I, I feel like this is the importance of being able to honor your truth and who you are. And also why shows like 13 Reasons Why is really very important. I'm sure she wasn't the only one affected by it. So congratulations. Now, coming up, this story is wild. Uh, a woman has gone viral on TikTok after calling it a drag queen for stealing money out of her purse. But we've got both sides, and I happen to know this drag queen, so I've got thoughts coming up in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. 
Welcome back to the show. Okay, so we got to continue this conversation, Michaela, because that song, the Queen's remix of <laughs> Break My Soul with Beyonce and Madonna, mm-hmm. it's iconic, right? And we were going through it, and all of a sudden our producer goes, House of La Beja, House of Belmont. Did she just say House of Amazon? And so I start <laughs> looking at all the shout-outs that she gave in that song and came across Bessie Smith. Yeah, I said that when I was in college at the University of Toledo, I was a theater major, and I was in a one-act play called The Death of Bessie Smith. And I played the great white doctor. And I can't remember. The story was, she was like a jazz singer, I believe. And yeah, when big she, jazz singer. When she died... Uh, she was taken to a hospital in the South and they refused to treat her because she was black. And either I was the the jerk doctor who wouldn't treat her or I was the the kind one who did. I can't remember, um, but it came up and you started laughing. Why? Well, I'm just laughing at you. First of all, I love Bessie Smith. She was the, the empress of blues. I think at one point they even speculated she could have been a lesbian. Um, love it. So I know, of course, I love her. Billie Holiday, Sarah Vaughn, like I love jazz. But I was laughing at you because you were like, I was <laughs> I was the white doctor uh, my title that was, treated Bessie Smith. My title was the great white doctor, I think, yes, that's in the, in the but play. But it just made me laugh at how you said it because I knew that you were talking about the play. But you were like, I believe I saved Bessie Smith. You can and probably, I was like, you're so stupid. Uh, oh, white saviorism at its finest. Now you can look up, I, I feel like I want to look this up now and find out. What what the plot? Because I was a terrible actor, and I have no idea what I actually was acting in. I doubt that. Uh, I was pretty bad. No. You're right. I'm pretty talented. Yes, that's what I want to hear. Now I'm going through this list of everybody she shouted out in this video and there in this song, and there are so many. Well, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because I was having a conversation with my partner, who's a DJ who loves house music, and uh, she said, you know, it's crazy that she. Uh, gave all those shout outs and collaborations because really what she's doing for a whole new generation, people like Robin S who have not been spoken about in so long, who was so influential to music, has these newer generations talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so like Beyonce to make sure that the icons are still being talked about. Every... You know who she didn't say though? Or maybe she, no, no, she did, she did. Who? I was wondering, it, it's the newer pop icons i feel like she either didn't say Nicki minaj or she didn't say cardi b i don't think she said cardi i don't think she said cardi either she said rihanna she said uh she said Nicki minaj it's right here i think she skipped cardi uh and uh she did mention chloe and hallie but younger generation but, but i then, thought like, it was interesting that she didn't mention cardi b because if you notice like ariana is team Nicki minaj mm-hmm. Beyonce then maybe is Team Nicki Minaj. I don't. I feel like celebrities do not play with both of them. Well, who did? Who did the? Uh, who did the rap track for? Was it the remix of when there's a billion dollars on the elevator? Was it Nicki Minaj? Was that who came on that song? I feel like it would have been Nicki because I feel like it's just interesting to see in Hollywood that the women that are friends with Nicki, which was like an older school vibe, aren't friends with uh, Cardi. Yeah. It's different. There's a divide. Yes. And Nicki does not like Cardi. No, uh, they don't get along at all. Nicki Minaj and Beyonce have worked together on a couple of songs in the past. In 2014, Beyonce's flawless remix featured Minaj, while the latter's Feeling Myself has also, and then Beyonce was featured on that. So they've worked together a couple of times. So there's that. 
Okay, love it. Deep dive, love it. Ready for some news on the beat? Yes, definitely, but that was very important, and I'm grateful we did that. (laughs) Okay, uh, the Sarasota County School District adopted a new policy in the wake of the Don't Say Gay Law that requires teachers to out students to their parents if they identify as LGBTQ and to seek parental permission to refer to transgender students with the correct name or pronouns. The new policy says if a student tells us that they are gay, gender questioning, trans, etc., parents must be notified. A screenshot of a flow chart that illustrates the process a student must follow to be referred to with the correct name and pronouns was leaked. It shows that a teacher must contact administration if a student asks the teacher to refer to them with a certain name or pronouns. The administration will then contact the student's parents to get consent for referring to the student correctly. If the parents don't give consent, staff must dead name and misgender the student. If they do give consent, they have to meet with school administration to develop and sign a gender support plan. That's nuts. All right, let's get into whether it's going to be a... Hi. I just want to tell you that she did. There is the house of Amazon. It actually does exist. Obviously, we're familiar with like La Beja uh, and the house of extravaganza. Some of those more the house of Ninja. Those are iconic houses. Yeah. House of Amazon was actually uh, also given a shout out. Love. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, it feels like the Amazon in Palm Springs, 110 degrees out, 95 degrees in Houston, 91 in Miami, 67 in San Francisco, not shocking, 78 in Buffalo, 110 in Cathedral City, and 89 in Dallas. Now give us a vibe of the day. This vibe is for the House of Mugler, the House of Balenciaga, and the House of Mizrahi. Yes. Uh, Freedom is not worth having if it does not include the freedom to make mistakes. Those performers don't make mistakes, though. Do you watch Legendary on Fox? They don't make mistakes. Not on Fox, on HBO Max. Incredible. Well, they don't make mistakes. Incredible. But this drag queen might have. Uh And we're going to tell you about it because she's getting dragged, honey, and it's gone viral on TikTok. Getting dragged? You heard it. Uh Uh-oh. And you'll hear it here first. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, this story is, uh, everybody's talking about it right now. And it's because it's something we can all relate to. I feel like this queer people who've ever been to a drag show, you know the gags, right? Uh, one of them went very wrong recently, though, in your home city. And it was uh, the performer was Chanel, uh, who is the alter ego of Brian Watkins. And, and something went down that has one woman in particular very, very upset, so much so that she's suing them. I want to let you give some more details, though, Michaela, because this is your territory. You actually know this drag queen. And it took place in Las Vegas, where you were born and raised. What's going on here? I don't know. It's really interesting. So Senior Frogs uh, is a restaurant inside the Treasure Island. And on the weekends, they've got a drag brunch. If you've never been to a drag brunch, it's still as raunchy as a night show. Uh, especially in Vegas, you've been out all night. You go to a drag brunch in the mm-hmm. morning. There's a breakfast buffet. And these queens have sharp senses of humor. Um, so this woman said that she went to Vegas for her birthday. She was celebrating with nine people and Brian Welch, who goes by the name Chanel. Is it Brian Welch? I said Brian Watkins. I'm sorry. This is Watkins here. Does it say Brian Watkins? Maybe Uh, maybe it's Brian Watkins. Maybe. Yeah. Just Brian. Let's just say Brian. I I know them as Chanel, but Brian is, uh, my buddy from Vegas. He's hosted a lot of events for me. I also celebrated my birthday uh, at Senior Frogs a few years ago, and it was wonderful. So I'm into the same thing. And apparently, Chanel, who runs this drag brunch, 
was collecting her money as a drag queen does. She grabbed the purse of this woman. We've all seen this gag. We've seen this gag Uh happen often. Mm -hmm. She opened up the purse, took what she thought was a couple of dollar bills, gave the purse back to the woman. Well, the woman was having a good time. Obviously, she's not homophobic. She's there for her birthday celebrating at a drag show. These tickets are over $100 a piece, by the way. For nine tickets, it's close to $1,200. So she looks in her purse and realizes that a whole wad of money was taken out that included hundreds of dollars. So when she went to say something, Chanel, the drag queen, called her her out very loudly on the microphone. Um, And I'm going to let the woman take it from here, and then we'll discuss, because this is the woman's side of the story. The main drag queen, he decided to come and grab my purse, walk around like this with it as he's going and collecting his dollars, and then at the end when he returned my purse, he proceeded to open it up and take a wad of cash out of my purse, walked over back onto the stage, and after a few minutes he looked at me and he said, what's wrong with you, white girl in the tan dress? And I said, well, I'm pissed. You just stole money from my wallet. You stole a lot of cash. And I had about $1,300 in there. And after I looked at my wallet, and I have like $350, um, give or take, I believe he took around five to $700. And he goes, bitch, please, I took a dollar. This is in front of the entire stage. Okay, well, first of all, the math isn't mathing. So if you take if you have $1,300 and you take five or $700 or three, uh, that doesn't add up. However, I hear that she's upset. I wish she would have maybe recorded this audio not in the middle of a casino floor. Yeah. That would have been nice. Sorry about that. Um, but I hear her. Somebody got in her purse. A man grabbed her purse purse and took money. And I mean, if listen. Took, if it's like hundreds of dollars, that's a big deal. But even if it's a couple of dollars. Yeah. A gag may not be the same gag to somebody else. And although mm. I love support drag queens and my friend Brian, I do think that you... This is the risk you take when you grab somebody's purse sure. and you open it up and you take money out. Whether it was $5, $500, someone's going to feel a type of way. But here's where I think it gets worse. He calls her a Karen. That's where I think it escalates. And she gets up and leaves. The family then feels offended. They get up and leave. And in her words, Brian, the drag queen, had the audience yell and boo them out of the brunch. That's not appropriate. So then when she goes to say something, she was denied her money back and she called the police and made a report and that's where her side ends. Well, now Brian, who goes by the name Chanel, has taken to Instagram and given his side of the story, I think we have a little piece of that and then we'll we'll talk. Because I felt that in that moment that my honesty was really in question in front of an entire audience of 150, 200 people in the showroom. When I knew I'd only taken a couple of dollars out of the purse. So it really upset me. And in that moment, I admit, I said things that were rude. And I didn't handle my emotions well at all. I fully take ownership of that. I did not handle my emotions well at all. Well, okay, this is interesting because this apology from Brian is long. But I feel like he covers a lot of bases. And I think from my perspective, because here's the thing. Let's say he took two singles, two, $2 total, right, out of her purse. Can you make the argument that that's wrong, that you shouldn't grab somebody's personal belongings and take things out of it? Absolutely. But it's the part of the culture of drag, those sorts of gags. 
does that mean now? Because let's let's just say let's go with the two dollars for now. If that is true, it was only two dollars. So now for the entirety of time around the world, a drag queen can never do that gag ever again, even though it maybe worked eight million times and this one time it went south. Right. On the flip side, though, if this person really took seven hundred dollars out of her purse, that to me is pretty egregious. That's a big deal. That's a lot of money. Why she'd be carrying $1,300 in cash in a purse in 2022 when we have, you know, credit cards and Apple Pay is beyond me. But that's not for me. You're in Vegas. You use cash. You yeah. Sometimes. I get it. Um, but that is a problem. I feel like they both of their egos were so hurt. She was embarrassed initially and then embarrassed even further when the drag queen called her a Karen, which is like. That's terrifying to people. Nobody wants to be labeled as a racist because we all know what that word means. Well, also, Chanel is not just a drag queen in Vegas. She was on RuPaul's Drag Race, and then she went on to do RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars and came in top four. Mm -hmm. So she has a name behind her where if someone's accusing you of stealing... And that's the other side of it, yeah. There may be a very emotional response. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Because I've been there. I've done something that maybe in retrospect wasn't the thing to do, but it was a gag that was funny to me sure. that I got called out on. And I then got defensive and called that person out being like, no, it was funny. In yeah. retrospect, maybe I could have done it differently. Whatever the case is in front of 150 people, you're going to feel a type of way. However, Brian has now said they offered to give her back the $1,200, for the, tickets. the cost of the tickets. That's for every guest. They all get their money back. And out of just good faith, give her $700 well, because to her number changed claiming. a couple of times. And he says that in the apology. She says this much was missing and this one's missing. She keeps changing. So they offered him almost two grand. To which she denied. She's suing him for 5000 now. So For damages and, and other things. So for more than 5000 I believe. Yeah. So, so now it feels like they're both a little in, they're in a little too deep and we all just need to take a breath. Yeah. But so it does. It begs the question, do drag queens have to kind of alter their performances? I think you'll think about it next time you grab somebody's purse. Yes. But also if you're at a drag show, uh, I think everyone just needs to stay aware of what you're going to and what's happening. Yeah. And just maybe don't put your purse on the on the on top of the <laughs> table in front of you. I don't know. I don't think that a drag queen should ever grab somebody's purse necessarily. But um, drag performers are under fire constantly right now by the conservatives and i think that it's stirring up a lot of emotions and it, it, listen not everything is for everyone drag is for our community t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And that is okay. Good morning, B. Channel Q.
Are you a peeping Tom or a peeping Thomasina, if you will? Uh, It's really fascinating to think, like, wonder what's going on with your neighbors. It's it's one of the reasons I think uh, Desperate Housewives was such a huge success. The entire premise of that series was based on, like, knowing or not knowing what was going on with the people who lived right next door to you, right? And if you live in an apartment complex, if you live in a tower like I do... We can see right into the windows of many, many, many people around us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this person writes in saying, hi, Jake. Excuse me. I recently moved into a new apartment. My bedroom window faces another building. If I look down at just the right angle, I can see right into my neighbor's living room. Now, here's where it maybe gets weird. The guy is super hot and likes to walk around his apartment naked. I don't know if he's gay, but I found myself spying on him. Actually, I don't know if it counts as spying since the windows more or less face each other and he doesn't have any blinds. It seems like if he really cared, he would either put on clothes or hang up curtains. So maybe he knows and or likes being watched. What I'm curious about is if watching him crosses a line or makes me a pervert. I don't normally consider myself a voyeur, so this whole thing has taken me by surprise. Sincerely, Peeping Pete. Holy vey. Is he a pervert or is he just looking out his window and seeing what he's seeing? I feel like this reminds me of that scene in Something About Mary when Ben Stiller is using the restroom and he sees the two lovebirds and he's like, oh, the lovebirds. And then the lovebirds fly away and it's Cameron Diaz and her mom changing and it looks like he was a peeping Tom and then <laughs> yeah. um, he zips his private parts into the zipper That's, and it's, it's the horrendous. worst scene yeah, in the, the world. Scene in the history of <laughs> cinema, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've also been guilty of that where I was like literally looking at something else and then all of a sudden like something like appears and I'm like oh no 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 I wasn't smiling at you or looking at your private part no I'm the opposite I watch do you I've watched many times actually so okay so literally we have a direct line of sight into many I was just thinking about your place it's so easy yes it's it's like a a, my building is like a sort of an X so you can see right into the other windows and years ago when my now husband and I first started dating, I was going out to get water in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, I looked over and I saw like these naked people walking around their apartment and then going into the bathroom one at a time and like kissing each other. And I was like, oh, Emil, come here. And we squatted down and we peeped, were like, oh my gosh. And they were not even attractive at all. It was like a straight couple. Right. But it was so clear that they had just finished having sex. I love it. And we were like, oh my God, this is so strange. And then. There was a guy who lived, well, there was these guys who lived uh, uh, one level up from us to the side, and they always walked around uh, in gym shorts and no shirt, and they were like hot, like college, like mid-20s guys right out of college, and they were, uh, we call them the hot Oregon guys, because they had a big Oregon Ducks flag in their window, which was obscene, but they were hot. We never saw them naked, but then go down two more levels, and there was a guy who lived there during the first year of the pandemic who would lay in his bed and pleasure himself. (gasps) Nonstop with, oh him, my with God. his windows open, <gasps> but he would either wear his underwear or have a sheet over him while he was doing it. But it was very, very clear, and he had like rolls of paper towels all over the bedroom. So like it was that was kind of nasty. So that's I don't really want to see that when I look out my window either. So I've run the gamut of these experiences. Okay, now see, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing somebody. I walk around my apartment naked. Me too, all totally. the time. Yeah, and Lisa gets so. <clears throat> mad she shuts the curtains and she's like i don't want anyone seeing my girl 
And I'm like, I don't care, girl. I look good. And I'm yeah. only going to look like this that for part, a couple more years. Take we, a good look. We were walking around naked all the time in our home. And we're like, eh, if they look, if they see it, who who really cares? Yeah, get into it. So basically, we're into voyeurism. <laughs> wow. That's who we are. That's what we've learned from this segment. Great. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Come on, Whitney Houston. Come on, Whitney Houston. You know, it's not right, but it's it's okay. I'm going to make it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. You ready for some uh, what's popping? Ready, honey. Okay, well, the way that we feel about Whitney Houston, I feel like is how our producer Vanessa feels about this next artist. She loves being part of the Latin community, and I actually I am jealous that I'm not. Like, she I, loves reggaeton. Reggaeton. I just love Spanish music. Yes. Woo, it's I, the best. I, you feel it in your heart. You do feel it in your heart. You feel it in your soul. I feel it in my soul. I know. And my feet. I, and, and your you do feet? In your feet. <laughs> Everywhere. Wait, wait, my whole wait, body. wait. What does that feel like? I want to know how your feet feel when you like <laughs> Latin music. Yeah, because my feet start dancing. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, one artist that's making major headlines uh, and showing up for the Latin community is Bad Bunny, who's rocking a dress on Harper's Bizarre cover. He said, I can do whatever I want and wear what I want. And I think it's incredible because, you know, Vanessa, you can speak on this. I feel like we call it toxic masculinity uh we t- call it that even in italian but like machismo energy is like what you guys call it in yeah, the latin community toxic totally and you know bad bunny represents masculinity and i think that a lot of women uh love him and to see somebody like this wearing a dress it's similar i think to when harry styles came out wearing a dress yeah saying i can choose whatever i want now bad bunny isn't uh commenting on his sexuality apparently he's still very straight uh but he wants to break the stereotypes or or has never been straight and that's the assumption we make exactly because no. we put the label on people we just assume well you must be straight or gay until you or straight or gay well, until you tell i've us just otherwise. known him to date women so i think <clears throat> that the general public <clears throat> has been like that would just be the assumption so mm-hmm. he made a big st- statement last when we were in quarantine he did a music video and he dressed as a woman and reggaeton is like a genre where like guys are trying to be like all like super manly but but Bunny's like no dress like a woman and he was rocking it and he was dancing and the song is about yo perreo sola means I, I dance by myself it was a song for the girls like hey I'm dancing by myself you don't need to come behind me so oh. it was a song he dedicated to women and that's why girls like him because he stands up for well women. you gotta think like what women historically have loved male musicians who toe the line you look like Freddie Mercury or Prince Ricky Martin or, or Ricky Martin or you look at back Mick Jagger like a lot of these like rock stars too were like Kind of Lenny Kravitz is kind of like gives but a lot of different energy. Because they're so confident. Yes. yes. And that is sexy. And they're sexual. Girl, and they you, know what they want. You know what I went through to paint my nails black a few months ago. Yeah. That was a big deal for me. I walked out of that nail salon at 41 years old thinking, oh my God, are people staring at me right now? Why do we think that way? But also Slash, who paints his nails, and every <clears throat> rock star in the world gets the most women ever. Like, it, it really is just about how how you carry that confidence. Well, I'm afraid if I paint my nails a color again, you're going to want to jump my bones because you're so in love with me and that's so exhausting. I would like to say that we have the uncanny ability that no matter what the story, no matter what the time, it always comes back to us. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
Okay, so this feels like something right out of a sci-fi novel or a, or a movie. I used to watch Battlestar Galactica. It's my favorite series ever on sci-fi. And in that uh, series, which was rebooted from a series from the 1970s, there were these things created called Cylons. And they're kind of like... I know these. Yeah, human robots, essentially, that can kind of pass for human. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're watching Westworld, it's the same sort of idea, right? Seems like fiction. Maybe not so... If Elon Musk gets his way, and he usually does, he's now unveiled more details about his company's futuristic artificial intelligence robots. Um, And these robots are going to be about five feet, eight inches tall. So they're going to be taller than you, which is a little bit weird. Um, How tall are they? Five foot eight. Yeah. And they're, 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 they're tasked with removing, quote, boring responsibilities from the hands of mere mortals who are gutsy enough to welcome a robot into the family. They're going to do your chores. Okay. You, you into this? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, okay, so the other day we were driving down, and I don't know if this is happening in other states, but Lisa and I were driving down, and we saw the robot that does the food delivery now. Oh, yeah. But, Postmates uses them. Somebody else that you see them wheeling around, and they have a little flag on them, and the lights can beep, 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 beep. Right. Mm-hmm. But I had many concerns, one of which, how does somebody... Not just open it up and steal your food. Oh, you have to have a code to get into it. Okay. Okay. Well, that was an easy fix. (laughs) Easy fix. But number two, the robot that I was watching kept going back and forth as if it were confused. (laughs) Where do I go? Where do I go? I was like, babe. Can someone help this robot? Well, like, keep had, it right, left, yeah. right, left, right, left. It probably had, like, sushi for one person and, like, a, a hoagie for somebody else. And they're, like, texting, are you near? I'm hungry. And it's going, like, who do I go to? Who do I go to? Right. No. Uh, th- yeah, those things were interesting. The first time I saw one crossing, because they know how to stop and cross a sidewalk, go through busy traffic. They know everything. That's crazy they to me. GPS and 360-degree cameras to know where they're going. And this sounds wild. Uh, I stayed in the hotel during the pandemic. We used to do these like little staycations for like one night at a time just to like not lose our minds early pandemic. And we stayed at the Dream Hotel and their like their room service was canceled, but you could order food from other restaurants and they would drop it off at the front desk and then they would put it in a robot that would deliver it to your room. And it would beep, 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 and it said, put this code in and it would open up and your food would be inside there. Same situation, but it came door to door in hotels. Iconic. It's neat. It's fun. It's it's a It's a thing. Right? It's like a moment. You put it on Instagram. It's cool, right? Yeah. But the idea of having robots do all of our chores, while it might seem like a great idea, like who wants to mop? Like I have to mop. I I said last night, I'm like, my floors look dirty. I need to mop soon. (sighs) Who wants to do that? Nobody. But I think what we lose is that like those sorts of things build character. Yeah, they do. They build they responsibility. Do. They build like so much of the, of the human experience comes from doing things that you don't necessarily always want to do. Well, also, and we have the, um, and I hate her. What's the, no, what's the robot that- Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin in robot <laughs> form, the one that sweeps your floor for you. The vacuums your floor. Roomba? Roomba. Why do you know? Why do you think it's a her? Me and Roomba get into it every time Lisa puts Roomba on. Roomba works my last 
nerve. Does she follow you around and bump into things constantly? She bumps into everything. Then I'm like not understanding what's happening. She's decided to go under the mirror, got stuck under the mirror. I have to pull Roomba out. She's just, it's a mess. She irritates me more than she does the job. So I'd rather, ju- she gets stuck in a corner. She gets stuck on the carpet. Then my if my shoes are out, she sucks up the shoelaces. It's a disaster. Okay, I clearly have a personal issue with Roomba. But well, this robot could be the fix because this robot is able to carry 45 pounds and pick up 150 pounds. So this robot could pick up your Roomba. That robot could pick up me. It could pick up carry you. me around. I love being carried like not, a baby. Not me. Not since the early 90s. <laughs> Well, listen, I think that if you can afford something of this luxury, you should try it. Yeah, it's going to also strangle you to death in your sleep, so just get ready for that. Okay. That's the part I'm worried about. Okay, what if it goes wrong? Listen, I've seen, I think it was AI, actually. I think that was a Will Smith movie or something years ago. Oh, yeah. they They went south quick. Yeah, I could see it going south quickly. No way. Okay, just do your own chores, hon. Tell me something good. This is just about one of the coolest uses of technology I've ever seen. There are now sunglasses uh, that allow deaf people to see conversations by turning in real time the audio into subtitles. I, it, it's just so cool. Um, this man named Dan was sharing a story about he's, he saw his 97-year-old grandfather sitting quietly in a room on Christmas Day, surrounded by his family, but unable to join in the conversation because of his hearing loss, right? Um, And he says, it's got to the point now where he literally just sits there in silence. And I thought, well, hang on a second. He watches TV all the time with subtitles. Why can't we subtitle the world? So he decided to get to work uh, and and partner with Amazon uh, using Amazon Alexa software to turn incoming audio into closed captioning before uh, his company developed this. Um, it's, the, it's the first of its kind. Like, they're the first ones in the world to do this. And he just saw, this is where a lot of the most innovative ideas come from, which is really cool. It affects you personally. He's like, oh, my grandpa's still got so much to give, but he, he doesn't even see us right now. So, or doesn't hear us right now. So this way, he can see what we're saying and communicate a new way. Right. I just think it's awesome. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Such a good tummy, something good. Okay, this story is adorable. News anchor parents are going viral with their baby news network. Jeanette Reyes and Robert Burton uh, went on TikTok. It's adorable. Take a listen. Good morning, Bella. It is 9.52. Hopefully you slept well. Certainly no one else did, but we're not going to point any fingers. Let's hand it over to Robert Burton for more on your weather. JR, beautiful day outside as you can see, temps in the mid-80s, no humidity. Will we get to enjoy it? Well, if spit-ups, feedings, and diaper changes don't get in the way, we just might be able to make it out of here before midnight. Well, speaking of diaper changes, we have some breaking news. An explosion at the diaper station. Fortunately, no injuries have been reported, and authorities tell us they do have a suspect in custody. (laughs) Unfortunately, that suspect is not speaking at the moment, but they have linked her to hundreds of other explosions. Well, JR, is she considered a flight risk? No, look at her. Oh, Oh, my gosh. 
I listen, I hate few things in the world more than like reporter talk. Yes. And news anchor voices. Yeah, same. But this is adorable. That's precious. They're so cute. It was done so well. Probably so relatable to so many. And just like the lighthearted news that we need right now. How, why do they talk that way? I used to be on Good Day LA. Like, why do news anchors talk that way? I have no idea, but it's the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. And it's so cheesy. I feel like at one point people thought it was like authoritative, like it was giving the news. Yeah. But you sound like you listen to too much musical theater and then you decided to be a news anchor. Listen, there's nothing <clears throat> wrong with musical theater. I'm going to see Moulin Rouge again next week, one week from tonight for the second time. No, we love that energy. <laughs> we love that energy. But it's weird. Uh, okay, but this is so cute, and uh, I love it. I'm telling you, after all the news that we have to report, it it made my ears sing. It was I, just so sweet. Listen, I get it. All right, well, that's the end of our show. It's Thursday. If you missed anything, uh, you can always download us at wearechannelq.com. We turn into a podcast. Uh, but for now, listen to three hours of curated music just for you, and then stick around for Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Don't forget about... Love line tomorrow. We're talking about can pets get monkeypox? What we need to know, and then on Love Line, learning how to care for people in our lives. So it's a great day of content, and for tomorrow, uh, so have a great day. We'll see you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just down. Download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.